What's up all my slick talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked. And not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct? You can stop stressing, at least a little bit, and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to Hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. The first question an owner might give is, how do I know you're going to do a good job? And this is me saying, look, we have 2,400 reviews, like a 4.96 overall rating. And I guarantee a five-star, if anybody leaves less than a five-star, I won't take a commission. And that just puts myself out there showing how confident I am that I'll deliver a great experience for the guests and shows the owner that like, look, I'm going to take it serious. If anything goes wrong at your property, it's only going to impact one group. I'm going to quickly get someone in there to fix it to where the next group is happy. And it just helps me keep me and my team now and in the future accountable. They're like, look, five-star is the metric. That is the goal. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks. But if you have a little quiet get together that kind of gets out of hand like this, then NoiseAware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you and your property and of course your profits are protected. So use my code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off of all noise monitoring devices and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now, thank you for checking out Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Get back to the episode. And don't forget to check out Noise Aware while you're listening. Uh, 
All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And this one has me super excited. We got Sean McGregor, one of the co-founders of SWAP, which we'll get into what that stands for here in a second. But we're going to do something a little different today on the episode. And I did give Sean a heads up, so he's not caught off guard. But as a podcaster, and we've been doing the show for over four years now, um, I get a lot of guest bios, right? And I don't have a lot that really catch my attention or make me intrigued. But the one that you submitted, my friend, was awesome. The first sentence really got me right away. And I'm not going to read the whole thing for everyone on on the audience side. Uh, But I want you to hear this sentence because it's going to set the tone for your story just perfectly. So, Sean, one, welcome to the show. Two, get ready for this awesome podcast because it's going to be great. Let's go, man. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Well, uh, for everyone listening, so... Sean McGregor literally found hosting through love. When he first started dating Lindsay in 2015, she was renting out the second bedroom in her Austin, Texas apartment, which covered her entire rent. Now that right there is a great way to start a story uh, that captures someone's attention. So you found love, but you also found hosting and the love for hosting. So I want to hear Sean one. How did you meet Lindsay? And then two, what was the aha moment as you guys started realizing this is something that can be a lifestyle changer for you guys? Yeah, man. Well, again, thanks for having me. Uh, so for me, I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial itch. Like when my when I was a little kid, my mom had this whole thing where it's like, oh, if you want to buy that video game, you want to buy that football card, mm-hmm. you need to come up with half the money. So like it started off with like doing little chores, getting 50 cents here or there. Then it started with me you know, selling golf balls, you know, finding golf balls and selling golf balls in the local golf course, all the way to when I was in college, started the bookstore where I gave away free bar, free beer and free margaritas. Oh, nice. To like attract people and make it to where like, instead of it being a really crappy experience where it's a stale environment, we had live music, we had free beer margaritas. So we kind of kicked off the party for, you know, the end of semester, you know, so we absolutely like kind of changed that whole dynamic of what that can be. But right out of college, um, I started up my own business. I did discount cards for college kids, whereas it'd be like, you know, buy one, get one free pizzas, things like that. Continue that business on for 10 years. Then I was also doing a golf discount card where, you know, I'd get like buy one, get one free rounds of different golf courses around Austin and Dallas and Texas. And then also the ability to play private golf courses. But then one day I was in a, uh, a club during South by Southwest listen to my brother's band actually. And you know, this cute girl was sitting there, Lindsay, as you mentioned, um, spoiler alert, we have a four and a half year old. So things went pretty well, but you know, on one of our like, you know, fourth or fifth dates, you know, she's like, all right, we can go back over to my place. Um, but you know, just so you have a heads up there, I have guests there. And I'm like, Oh, cool. You have friends there. And like, no, 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 they're, they're actually, um, you know, Airbnb guests. I'm like, Oh my God, what? And so she just kind of told me that like, Oh yeah, well, you know, this place was a little bit, you know, more than I wanted to spend, but I rent out my second bedroom mm-hmm. and it actually covers the entire rent, even if I just rented a couple weekends. And like, I was already amazed with that, but then she took it to the next level saying, well, anytime I travel, I actually rent out the entire place. And not only does that pay for my rent, it also pays for my plane ticket and my entire trip. So yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you are hacking the system. This is incredible. And then as if I wasn't already impressed enough, she had actually on our like probably seventh or eighth day, she was like, hey, um, do you wanna meet me down at this downtown space in Austin? Um, 
I actually have to do some, unpack some boxes if you could help me out. I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, I just want to hang out with you. This is great. Yeah. Well, what she had done is she read the four hour work week. She had done a 15 month round the world trip where she was solo traveling by herself yeah. while working remotely on her business. And through that experience, she kind of had the whole kind of epiphany of like, well, when I go by myself and I stay in a hotel somewhere and I don't really meet anybody, I'll just get takeout. I'll just kind of be like, you know, my whole experience will just be like me watching a movie in the hotel room and walking around, taking a few pictures of churches, but not actually like interacting with anybody. But then if she'd stay in a hostel or a shared living type situation, she'd meet incredible people from around the world, hear about their stories. They would know about something cool in that area to go do. Then they would all get together and go. And then, you know, she'd have all these brand new close friends immediately. So on that like 10th date, when we went down to the warehouse, she had taken a one person, like a, a two person downtown loft and actually put up partitions mm. and had Ikea beds and Ikea stuff everywhere throughout it. And I walk in and I'm like, okay. She's like, oh my God, you hate it. I'm like, dude, I just don't know what I'm looking at yet. Yeah. But she had actually created her own kind of upscale hostel. We called it co-living and co-working. Yeah. And it was totally catered towards solo travelers and digital nomads, people that can work wherever they, you know, have Wi-Fi. And she created the space where like, you know, people could come into Austin and instead of it being like a two-person thing, we had seven beds there plus, you know, 15 co-working desks and people could show up by themselves to Austin, all of a sudden have this community of other solo travelers to recreate that same experience she had where like, Hey, I'm new. Oh, I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, I'm from London. Oh, okay. Well, you guys want to go try some Texas barbecue? And then they'd yeah. go out and have an amazing time. So I was doing my VIP card thing, but, you know, setting that up kind of like being part of what we called the friend factory and like seeing all these amazing people come through. I just like more and more kind of started pitching in on her business. And like, she has her own dance camp business. It's independent of it. Wow. So she runs American dance training camps. There's, you know, eight locations around the country. Jeez. Um, so yeah, she's a rock star. She's badass. We should have her on sometime. Well, but, same, <laughs> I think we need to have her on the podcast. <laughs> for sure, man. No, she's amazing. But, um, cool. you know, like all of a sudden she had this other business where it was like hosting all these people from around the world. And, you know, I, I enjoyed my business and I've always had that entrepreneurial itch, yeah. but I just like fell in love with like meeting people and helping them connect with other people and go out and have fun in Austin, the town I'm from and that I love. And yeah, we just, grew to like totally love that business to the point where when we were going to move in together, mm. instead of getting a place by ourselves, we're like, well, dude, we love this lifestyle. We love meeting all these people. Why don't we get another location where we can host people in one half of the house, have that pay for our part of the house. But then when we leave, we can rent out the whole thing and that'll pay for our trips. Mm. And so a month into doing the second location, you know, before I was like going down and changing all the beds and doing everything myself. Um, and you know, just like I'm the physical presence that has to be there to make it all go well, a month into our new location. So we have two at this point and like probably 16 guests total, her parents, you know, were going to go to Portugal and Spain and offered for us to come. And we're like, well, shit, man, can we do this? I don't know. We have this new location. Uh, is this going to work or not? And so we're like, well, we can't pass up this opportunity. We got to go. Yeah. And so for that, like 14 days. We had an incredible time. I was able to manage everything remotely. It kind of worked out great because, you know, it's a six hour time difference. So we'd have a full day before I'd have to start messaging all these guests on Airbnb. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, this is actually kind of happening. We're making it work. This is, you know, kind of a dream. So on our last night before we left, she's like, well, 
you know, we're already over here. That's kind of the hard part. Like, you know, um, if, if you could do this remotely and you do your VIP card stuff remotely, you know, do you want to keep going? Like sometimes opportunities like this only come once. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, feels like a dare, but let's go. So like that day at the airport, we left her family and said, okay, um, we're actually going to keep traveling and, you know, good luck. Where are you guys going to go? Uh, we don't know. We're going to hop on Skyscanner right now and try to find a ticket. And like that turned into three months of traveling around Europe while managing both properties remotely, while me setting up my VIP cards all remotely and just flexing that muscle, man, has like been instrumental to where our story is going to go. Um, but yeah, it worked out great. We got to travel. People were happy at the house. You know, we got to, like, I, I started delegating at that point yeah. um, to where I'd have people that were staying long-term you know, help here and there making a couple beds or let us, you know, keep an eye on the things and let us know if anything needs attention, et cetera. Um, so that was an incredible experience. Flash forward a couple more years, little Jackson's on the way. And, you know, of course you get an even larger downtown warehouse that held another 20 guests while she was pregnant, lived in like the other part of the house here. And so at one point we had 35 different guests that I was managing by myself on Airbnb, you know, while having a kiddo on the way. And then during that whole experience, you know, we started getting the, oh, well, you know, you guys traveled a lot and that was amazing, but you know, you have a kid now, so there go your traveling days, which again, we took as a dare. So when he was eight months old, we went for three months in, um, you know, Scandinavia and Eastern Europe rented a car in Poland for $350 for 56 days and drove all around Europe with our little guy while I was managing 35 beds, you know, by myself. And again, that whole experience was incredible. Um, we were at one point though, like one thing that we didn't do with that, like correctly was we never kind of got all the necessary permissions. And at some point we got a letter <laughs> Uh, because, you know, it was kind of just an accidental thing that it grew this big and that we loved it so much and that, you know, so we never checked all the boxes knowing what we had to do. So eventually we got a letter. We had to go down back down to one location. Wow. Then we were like looking at doing it legit in Nashville in February, 2020, we were getting ready to do it yep. in Austin, like talking to someone, like looking at a lease, got pretty close to that making it happen. Obviously a month later, we all know what happens. Yeah. And so that's when it shifted from us doing kind of the co-living, co-working, you know, solo traveler, digital nomad stuff to me having a co-host. Because as I said, Lindsay did dance camps around the country, which is bringing girls from different places, putting them in bunk beds, having them, mm. you know, dance together, which again, not a good idea. I was doing hostel stuff, which is like shared rooms, strangers coming together. Again, very bad idea during COVID. So all of a sudden our backs were against the wall. Her business wasn't going to operate. My business wasn't going to operate or like this, that version of the swap wasn't going to operate. And so what I'd done a year before was I started helping out one family member with their property remotely. And because I'd already been, you know, doing all this stuff like from Europe, from, you know, being away from um, the actual homes, I was confident managing their property in Florida without being there. So whenever COVID came, we had already 2000 reviews on Airbnb. And so I'm like, all right, well, you know, we need to make something happen. Your business probably won't happen this year, but 
I'm comfortable hosting. We've been doing it for five years, 2000 reviews, like I said. So I just started building this co-hosting business based on just all the expertise, all the systems that I've developed and just, you know, have now grown that to 18 different locations and gotten to the point now where I guarantee a five-star review for my owners. If anybody leaves less than a five-star review, I won't take a commission. And so, you know, it's, it's been a whirlwind trip. Um, absolutely falling in love with it. And yeah, just like finally getting to the point now where, um, I do feel comfortable in my systems. Like you and I both went through legends X together. Um, and you know, I was definitely in what they called the hectic host, you know, portion of things where I was doing everything by myself, having to, you know, handle all parts of it, be playing with my three-year-old. And then all of a sudden a text goes off and my mind goes off to Asheville, North Carolina, or, you know, Gulf coast of Florida. And I'm like, Oh, sorry, buddy. I gotta do this. Sorry, I gotta do this. So, you know, now I finally have an employee. I have all those systems in place, a lot of custom automations. And finally I'm ready to like tell friends and family and other people that I'm actually doing this business. Yeah. As you start marketing yourself. Exactly. Start actually putting it out there. Cause I do feel like, you know, it's one of those old things, you know, if you have like a 25 person restaurant, Hmm. like, you know, what are you going to do if you have a 200 person restaurant? It's a little bit different. So you need to like rebuild those systems and fine tune them to where you can actually accommodate the incoming growth. And that's what I've been doing over the last several months. Uh, But yeah, man, I'm super excited to expand this business, hopefully, you know, help out other property owners to you know, get their property on Airbnb, deliver five-star reviews for them. And then also, like I mentioned, you know, digital nomads and solo travelers are like kind of near and dear to my heart. So let's tap into that quick if we can. I want to, you know, pre-COVID, I hate mentioning COVID. Like I hate talking about, like we, we talked about it. I'm sure you're worn out with it. Yeah. It's so much, but you know, it does. I think there is some value when we can compare like, I just got back from a Mexico trip for a month being like the digital nomad work remote type deal. Wasn't the greatest experience. Wasn't a horrible experience, but what was it like pre COVID? And is there any difference that you would have, you know, if you, anyone listening right now, if they're listening and thinking about digital nomad or just work remote work, live remote, all that type of stuff. Um, was there a big difference pre COVID to now post COVID? I, w- I would say we're in post COVID world. If you know, federal mandates are dropping with flights and all this other stuff, but um, yeah, post COVID what's the big difference now? Cause I think like shared living is actually coming back bigger and stronger. There's companies that are being created in the space to create platforms for shared living and, and, you know, obviously swap like what you guys are doing. So I would love to know, you know, some pre COVID post COVID, you know, comparison for the audience as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, so we do kind of like Lindsay, you know, she did the whole round the world thing. Like I said, She'd experienced it, kind of dragged me into it. Like I always did my businesses remote as well. But, you know, pre-COVID, there were certain select people that could work anywhere or work from home, and they had that kind of ability. But I think it all just got accelerated like 100 times during COVID when you literally could not leave your house. So all these companies had to go on Zoom, had to use different platforms to like facilitate those meetings with their staff. And I think it really should and hopefully will update like the kind of thinking about that, that you can be an effective employee or an effective entrepreneur without actually physically being in a space. Plus for companies, it's actually a a huge cost savings if you don't have to pay for these huge buildings 
and everyone has to drive in 45 minutes each way to go to their work. And, you know, again, like one of the passions that I have is we've lived a pretty interesting life where we've been able to go to all these different places and work remotely and like still work our butts off the entire time. And like, I, I do think that's something that all those people that are working from home right now, you could actually be a digital nomad and live wherever you want to go. And one hack that, you know, I, we talked about earlier, like the kind of thing Lindsay did where you rent out your personal place when you leave to help pay for your travel, like really does take that anchor off, really does set you free. So instead of playing for two places, you're actually having your original place pay for itself and then pay for your travel on top of it. And yeah. I think that's the huge life hack where, you know, all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't have to drive 45 minutes to go to my office, but wait, I could actually be in Mexico right now. I could actually be in Portugal right now. Like as long as you're getting your work done and you're doing a good job and you're on call when you need to be on call, why does it matter if your Wi-Fi is in that local city versus, you know, 10 countries away? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's it's very... Like I actually want want to ask you to go into a question before I make any comments or statements. So for for the listeners, what does swap mean? What is what is swap? Because I think it's a cool like I there's a lot of acronyms in our space, but just swap is a really good you know straightforward point. So I want to hear it. Yeah, man, it's stay, work, and play, and okay. it's aimed directly at you know our target demographic of the digital nomads. Like during that initial phase of like the co living co working where. You come to Austin, you can stay here, you can get your work done because like, you know, fast Wi-Fi, other entrepreneurs are going to be here. And then, yeah, you're here to have a good time. So we're yeah. going to give you great recommendations. You're going to get out there and have an amazing time. And yeah, it applies to the co-hosting as well. But yeah, it's all just about kind of our vision of what the future could be for a lot of people is that, yeah, you don't have to live in one place anymore. You don't have to be tied down to your one property in your one hometown like you can have a home base, but then also for parts of the year, extended travel for months at a time. Yeah. And I want to know just in particular, because, you know, before COVID, you were just doing the locations that you were living in. You were living in that town, right? But then you also left. So like right. when you were now that you're doing the co-hosting model uh, where you can pick up a place in Florida, you can pick a place in Washington, you can pick up a place in, you know, wherever you want, basically, um, as long as regulations and, you know, the systems and stuff are all there. Right. But, what um for for you like what's been the big shift because now you don't have to be on site you don't have to be in the city so what any challenges or um i guess differentiators for you from being in the city that you're running the properties into now running them off of your basically your cell phone without saying yourself or your laptop whatever you want. yeah no absolutely um so for us like that was kind of the whole trial by fire thing when we were traveling by ourselves to yeah. manage our own property but then, you know, with technology now, like during COVID, we weren't leaving the house and like we were hosting properties in all these different places that we weren't physically able to go to at that time. But technology is so good now. Um, like what I would do is I always pay for our property owner's photos. Mm. But whenever I would do that, I would also get them to do a 3D tour of the home. And so instead of it being, you know, like, just I, I look at the photos and that's what it is, or I actually go physically to the place and I remember at one time, yeah. I now have a 3D model of it that, you know, at 10 p.m., if someone asks a question about the upstairs bedroom, I can physically, you know, like or virtually walk to that bedroom yeah. and see exactly what they're talking about. And then on top of that, as my team grows, they can also do that same thing. 
every single time. And so all the properties that I manage, most of them I've not been to, but like I said, I guarantee a five-star review. And it's very, very rare that I don't have to take a commission because I, you know, just, I, I've been a traveler. I've seen the good ways to do things, the bad thing, ways to do things. Like we've been to a hundred different Airbnbs in 35 countries. And, you know, if you make it a very simple check-in process with photos, um, one thing that we also do is we take it off of Airbnb and text message our guests. And that way, you know, if they're not familiar with technology or if they're new to Airbnb, the most, you know, like universal thing is someone's cell phone. Yeah. And so if we can personally on the day of their arrival, text them in a two-way text and send them that information and then check up on them the next day and just, you know, really communication is the most important part of this business. Yeah. Because like, you know, again, I guarantee five-star reviews, but that doesn't mean everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. But if something goes wrong... I immediately jump in there, apologize profusely, and then make it right however I can. And I mean, that, that's the whole thing is just like a good recovery sometimes will get you a better review than if everything went perfect. 100%. I totally agree with that. Um, I have two questions for you. So yep. not being in the city that you're hosting in, one, part one, is yep. how do you know like the hospitality side, right? So best place to get coffee, best restaurant for a date night, best uh you know, view or hike to go do or see the best water park or, you know, all this stuff, right? Like the, the questions that hosts want or not hosts guests want to know when they're staying in your property. We, you know, I'm in Colorado, we have guests in Seattle and Florida and all this stuff. And the question is like, Hey, what's walking distance or what's this or what's that? And you have to really kind of be on top of that. So now getting away from a city that you're no longer living in and answering those questions. And then two, how did you come up with the uh, five-star review, no commission uh, type model? Where, where did that idea come from? How did you create that? Okay, perfect. Yeah, so for the first one, again, we've traveled a lot by ourselves. And so we've been the guest so many times and we've been on the different websites trying to find what restaurants do we go to? Um, you know, where's the coolest coffee shop? And so we've, I've learned how to like search like a guest, go to the different blogs, find out like which ones are at the top, then you go on other Airbnb listings, let's say, and you see what type things pop up over and over again in a market where if they keep on mentioning some national forest, they keep mentioning some local waterway or whatever it is, you can quickly kind of understand like, okay, this is something important to this area. Our guests will probably love it. And then what I also do is I have a checkout form for all our guests. And I always like kind of ask them what they loved about the area you know, any restaurants I'd recommend, things like that. And through that, I get a lot of guest feedback and learn about things that I wouldn't be able to find otherwise. Love that. And then, you know, obviously I'm, if I'm co-hosting and I'm representing for an owner, they're going to bring some to the table as well, like some of their favorite spots. But it's just kind of like a trial and error thing. Um, you know, you find what's highly reviewed, what's highly rated. You give those recommendations out and, you know, if people are happy, then you keep on giving it. If they bring other, they're like, oh, you're, you should definitely go check out this or have you been here? Then I'll look it up. And if I like it, I'll add it to the list. And so, yeah, I have custom digital guidebooks for every property. And, you know, my whole thing is I want to make sure they have as much fun outside the homes they do inside the home because, you know, they're there to visit Asheville. They're there to visit Austin, et cetera. You know, like but our properties will have fast Wi-Fi. We'll have all the amenities they want. We'll have, they'll have a great time in the house, but they're not there to visit just the house. For sure. They visit the area as well. Yeah. Um, I ask you really quick, uh, who yeah. do you 
who do you use for your guidebooks? Uh, it's custom. Okay. Yeah. I mean like during my whole VIP card days, I learned how to do graphic design and website and all that stuff just because I was the guy wearing all the hats for, you know, I mean, pretty much since I was 22 or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've been a continual learner and like, I've gotten really good at just like, Oh, don't know how to do that. Okay. Let me go on Udemy or let me go on YouTube and just watch a bunch of videos and just kind of piece it together and copy that and duplicate that. And you know, do what, make something that feels authentic to me, the brands and something that I think our guests would find useful, which obviously they have. For sure. Um, so the second part of the five-star guarantee, that whole thing is just, you know, my whole like business is I can host anywhere. I will show your guests an amazing time. And the first question an owner might give is like, well, how do I know you're going to do a good job? And this is me saying like, well, look, we have 2,400 reviews, like a 4.96 overall rating. And I guarantee a five-star, if anybody leaves less than a five-star, I won't take a commission. And that just, you know, puts myself out there showing how confident I am that I'll deliver a great experience for the guests. And, you know, shows the owner that like, look, I'm going to take it serious. If anything goes wrong at your property, it's only going to impact one group. I'm going to quickly get someone in there to fix it to where the next group is happy. Um, and, you know, it just helps me keep, you know, me and my team now and in the future accountable. They're like, look, five-star is the metric. That is the goal. It's the base it's, standard. It's no, there's that's no the base standard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hundred percent five. Totally, man. And, and exactly like what's awesome about it also is that, you know, it keeps me accountable. It shows the owners how much I care about it. Yeah. But just having that five-star mentality the whole time just always keeps us innovating, always keeps us providing new information to the guests, always just helping us like raise the bar for our guests. And this business is uh, incredible for that because you're getting an independently reviewed every single weekend. Mm -hmm. So you constantly, even if I'm not there, I'll know if something's going wrong with the property and I'll Mm -hmm. fix it. And like, you just get that constant feedback. And even on my website, um, I have automatically pulled in all of our most recent reviews. Okay. No filters or anything. Like you go there, you'll see reviews from two days ago, just like automatically filling in. And that that's just my way of saying like, look, transparent, open book, like click on the profile. You'll see all the same reviews. Like I'm putting it out there that I can do this at yeah. all these properties and, you know, future properties. So you're showing your cards, that's what you're doing. You're, you're showing your hand and sure. I kind of have a curveball throughout you. So right. not, not every... This is what I love about like hospitality is that you're, you're going to have those great guests, right? You're going to have those ones that come for the good experience. They come for the great stay. They come for, you know, whatever the, the moment that they're there to celebrate or, or be a part of, right? It's usually adventure, family reunion, wedding, something special. Um, so you have those great guests, but I'll say for us, we have some guests that uh, just hate the world and no matter what, nothing is good enough two towels in each bathroom, enough towels for every guest, toilet paper, trash bags, all the stuff is there, right? Like you set the expectation, the instructions are easy, the Wi-Fi password is easily accessible, uh, all that stuff, but they just hate the world, basically is what I like to say. Yep. Uh, and they'll give you a bad review no matter what, even though everything was great. How do you handle those, especially with owners? I'm assuming owner, if you're as transparent as you are on your website, your owners are able to see some of the stuff as well. 
So, for when, sure. so when you have a guest that leaves a bad star review, had no real reason to do it. Like legit, you lay out the whole works for them. Um, you do everything consistently, five star review. Um, how do you guys handle that? Do you still not do your commission, or do you you know fight that, get it taken off the platform, and then move on with your with your your business? So first of all, like one of the secret, I mean, it's not a secret, but it's like good practice is they check in the following morning. We have a two night minimum just to avoid those really bad guests or party guests or whatever. But the next morning we always send them a text message, making sure they're having a great time. Please let me know if you need anything at all. And that's just kind of our discovery phase of like, okay, this guest is either having a great time and we'll mark him as like having a great time on our little system. Or if they if they say anything is wrong, we just step up, take care of it right away. Um, I'm a big proponent of just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that, you know, one of the pillow shams was dirty or whatever it was that obviously I wasn't there to handle it, but I'm like, so sorry that happened and it's unacceptable. I agree. I'm going to send you $50 right now to buy you some free drinks and appetizers when you go out. Again, I'm so sorry about this. Um, and just like those, again, those little recoveries, even with someone that's like kind of angry, having a bad time, who knows what's going on in their life. Like they're just, they're having a rough go of it. Um, just those little things of like checking in, you know, making sure they're having a good time and then taking care of it if they're not. And then following up again later in the day, you know, like just a lot of like text messages, like just little taps, like, Hey, we're here. Sorry again, that happened. Unacceptable. You know, my cleaning team normally does an amazing job. Like I, cleaning team is like the goal. They're, they're incredible. Like I will never throw them under the bus. I'm always, I always say like, no, no, they always do an incredible job. I don't know where the miscommunication was or what happened this time, but you know, I, again, I'm so sorry. We'll take care of it. You know, here's 50 bucks, hundred bucks, buy you some drinks. And normally that takes care of it. And if someone does leave a four star review or less, then yeah, I won't take a commission. I'll apologize eventually um if let's say they're maintenance items that were missed or something like that i will go back later and like show the guests that we addressed it thank them for bringing it to our attention and then sometimes they'll take it down but you know really it's it's about me making sure that this guest that only has potentially one trip all year even if they're in a bad mood we need to make sure they have an amazing time yeah. So I want to make sure like, even if it's your one trip of the year and you're staying with our property that we nail that experience, the whole group has a great time. You know, there's a lot of pressure as the booker because you have eight family members that might be, you know, in yeah. your ear if anything's going wrong. So I want to make sure that doesn't happen. So yeah, again, it's very, very rare that we get anything less than a five-star, but again, not everything's perfect. Yeah. We were just able to, able to re recovery, apologize and, you know, give them a little something to show how much we care. hundred percent. And you've mentioned text messages a lot. So I'm hoping that you're not all managing these text messages on your, on your phone. Cause I don't know how you could handle that. Like, is there a certain tool or system or way that you guys are able to do all this texting? Because for me, I would probably, I would probably lose my mind. I, I don't think I'd be able to handle it. Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode and I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best in class technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for your property assets. With their platform, your property gets the best in class tech and integrations to remote access, 
guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. Better yet, their team does all of the hard work of 24-7 guest communication and content creation. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, we're back to the episode. Yeah, man. Um, so I kind of searched high and low and finally found the software. Like originally it was just all on my cell phone, uh, but now I use something called open phone. Open. And it's incredible because, you know, one, it's very cheap. I have a different phone line for the cleaners, the owners, the guests, the maintenance people. Um, it's all like five bucks a month. But what's incredible about it is you can use it on a desktop and and one of my employees can write a reply. I can see her reply immediately, but I can also comment in an internal thread about anything a guest says. And she can ask me a question exactly about one particular thing a guest mentioned. And I'll be able to reply inside that chat just to her. And then she can copy and paste it. Plus on top of that, you can do snippets where it's like you're kind of a canned message. Like if there's a common reply you always have to give, it just like tap, tap, and you send. And yeah, that, that software has been a game changer because I was like, I'm, I'm not going to just go strictly through the Airbnb platform. I want to make sure like I have that personal touch. And then this is another thing I do to kind of make sure I get those five-star reviews is because it's on a text message, what I'll do is if, if the guest has been having a great time and I know that they've been having a great time, as soon as it's available, I'll write them out their review screenshot it and then shoot them a text with a picture of the screenshot saying thank you again for being a great guest want to make sure you know just left you a five-star review safe travels home today you're welcome back anytime and because they see that i left a detailed review for them and then it's a five-star it takes away kind of that cloud of like oh were we good guests did we leave that there? and so because they know they're getting a five-star they're way more likely to leave a review as well and typically it's going to be a five star. And instead of it just being a two line, nice day, they'll actually go into detail and give you those marketable, you know, reviews that have five, 10 lines worth of, you know, praise for your hosting, praise for the property, praise for the fun things they did. And that all just turns into more bookings. Yeah. 100%. Do you, is there a way to automate a lot of that stuff for you with that platform? Like, cause I, I, that's how we felt, you know, we, you know, we don't have time to talk to guests all the time, right? Like there's so many things going on when it's come to right. new properties, talking to cleaners, maintenance projects, all that stuff. So we, you know, we love the automated triggers and like in our property management software, um, all that stuff really helps. But is there a way for you to do that as well? Because I feel like most of your time could be consumed with, with communications, which it can be as, as part of the job, right? But uh, is there auto automations for that? So that's like one of my passions actually right now yeah. is systems and automations and like learning about all that stuff. So yeah, I'd now have it down to where every single check-in message automatically sent with their name, with their actual door code, with their check-in time automatically. Like I just kind of preload everyone and then they show up at, you know, 10 3 in the morning or whatever it is. Um, the checkout message is automatic. The checkout message is automatic. And again, it's all just kind of a custom built system, uh, utilizing Zapier, but then just, you know, different unique triggers um, to where, yeah, a lot of that is just, you know, it's a very systematic business of like, I've, I've 
host a lot of people. I've learned, you know, how to fine tune messaging and how it's worked and how to simplify things and, you know, how to show pictures of the property to make check-in easy. And yeah, I feel like very comfortable that I've got it dialed in at this point because I've gotten all the good scores that, yeah, I mean, like the way I do it, it works each and every time. And yeah, a lot of it is automated and yeah, like it's personal because like it is a text message, but it's also not something that we're having to constantly do ourselves. And you know, what a big thing that I always try to do is I want my employees to have less to do because I don't want them to have to waste time doing a routine task. If there is a way to automate it, systematize it to where it's going to be a consistent experience for the guests every single time. Love it. hundred percent. That's the whole goal. I, I, my biggest thing I hate as a front desk agent or a front desk manager at a hotel was the amount of checklists that we had to do every day because the systems were legacy. They were old. They didn't work in the way that the travelers were, you know, the way travel was just going. Um, and it was such a big waste of time for, for myself and my staff. So, you know, the vacation rental side has been super cool because it relieves a lot of that time where you get it back to go get more inventory to, talk to you know better partners and all this other stuff like that um so it's really cool that you're you're able to do that um and one of my i guess questions to kind of go back into your your origin story not with Lindsay, but outside of that you know prior to getting into the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial itch um so for for you i kind of want to know where do you think that comes from because like i every guest, you know, whether they're an entrepreneur or a CEO, right? Like they came into a company that was already built or they built a company. Um, the number one thing I'm always curious about is like, how do they get to that point? What is it natural? Were they born naturally just creative and systematic and, you know, just different outside of a normal, you know, W2 clock in clock out type of person. Right. Um, so for you, where do you think that comes from? Is there something in your childhood? Was it just some, the way you're, wired like are you wired this way or what what where do you think that comes from for you i mean a lot of it started with that story i told about like okay if you want this you have to pay for half of it and i would have to figure out how to actually come up with some of that money and then just yeah like growing up man i was just kind of drawn to business i kind of loved that whole kind of mindset of like creation and adding value and like interacting with people um but then you know, I actually did my MBA at Texas Tech in entrepreneurship. And like one of the things that like one of the professors, you know, said that stuck out to me is just like, you know, if you work a normal job, you kind of get like 5% increase, 5% increase, 5% increase. But if you start your own business, it's obviously unlimited. Plus he said, you know, it's like skiing when you're a little kid and you're two feet off the ground. If you start young before you have kids, a family, a house, all that stuff versus you're being six, six, three, trying to ski for the first time. It's a lot harder to fall. There's a lot more to lose. Um, and so, yeah, like when I finished up my, my MBA program, I didn't go take the interview with Dell or all these other companies. I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to do my own thing. I'm going to try these VIP cards. And yeah, I just loved, you know, like watching Shark Tank. I love listening to like YouTube, like all the motivational stuff. That's how I start most mornings is all like type in motivation on YouTube do a quick workout and just like kind of get my mind right for it. And that all comes back from like doing the VIP car business where I was like walking in cold calling all these different companies to sell to them. And yeah, you have to like prime your mind to get ready to actually like go in there and put yourself out there and face rejection. And that's just something that, you know, I feel so strongly about and I love doing even to this day is just like 
you're not going to be able to ever handle or like control all the external things that are coming your way. But if you're like kind of setting yourself up for success with just how you start your morning and just like filling it with like, you know, filling the garden of your mind with positive messages and images, then yeah, like it won't phase you when someone calls and says, oh my God, the TV's broken or yeah. whatever else, or they complain about nothing. You just focus on the bigger picture, focus on, okay, how can I solve this? How can I help them to have a great time? You know, they could be mad at their sister that's staying with them and they're taking it out on me. That's fine. But what can I do for my part to help out? 100%. I love that. It's so good. It's just, it, it's, it's very funny because I don't know when, maybe for you, this is another question, but I don't know when you got introduced to the word entrepreneurship or entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Like when I was doing lemonade stands as a kid or like I was a horrible drawer, but I would draw these stupid alien superhero things and sell them to my neighbors and like awesome. all this stuff, like in high school, the, the candy bar, you know, hustle, right. Where you're go buy, go buy candy in bulk, sell it to your friends at lunch and recess or whatever your, your breaks are. And, uh, you know, see if you can make some money off of it. I never knew those traits or that like kind of setting or just natural instinct to do was entrepreneurship. So I had someone tell me about entrepreneurship. I think I was 22 the word entrepreneur, I was like, that's the first time. So five years ago, yeah, 22, uh, five years ago, that's the first time I ever heard it. When did you, when was the first word where it's like clicked for you that this is entrepreneurship, seeing Lindsay do all her things? Like, was that, what, what was that moment for you? So like another part that really helped with that whole thing is my mom sold Mary Kay. Like, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. when I was growing up and like, you know, anytime I'd go to a football practice or something like that, I was basically being inundated with like Mary Kay education yeah. tapes. So I was like a, doing Mary Kay University as a little kid growing up. And yeah, man, I, I just loved it. Like I loved just the sky's the limit plus the freedom aspect of it was huge for me also. Like go to work for something that you don't necessarily care about and clock in every day and go to the same place. That compared to unlimited upside plus the freedom to you know do something you actually care about and be creative and learn new things and you know like business one thing i love about it is it's kind of like a little world where you can make things exactly how you think they should be instead of you know fitting into a certain box that someone else you know working for their dreams like i love the fact that i can just like you know my logo is a robot and a wow guy that i drew for my kid and like I can do that on my website for my yeah. business, you know, just because it's something that I think stands out, shows our character, shows that we're kind of fun, family oriented, and it's different than a house logo or a key logo or anything else you'd see. So if you see 10 websites, you're probably going to remember ours on one level. Um, so yeah, man, I just, I just love the creativity aspect of it. And yeah, to be lucky enough to find someone like Lindsay that also had that same kind of you know, curiosity and drive and like anything is possible mentality was, you know, still is unbelievable to me that she's real and exists. But yeah, I mean, it's been an incredible ride so far. And I love the fact that she also has just kind of the counterculture view of like, well, you know, we don't have to be in the same place the entire time. We don't have to, you know, um, avoid travel with our young child. Like instead we're like, you know, this is possible. It's awesome to us. So let's go for it and let's do it. I love it. And I just pulled up your website. It's so cool. I, I think it's so, I get so cute to see you, Lindsay. And what's your son's name? Is it Jackson? Jackson. Yep. 
so cool to just see like you know putting that like putting the, a real face to the company right it's not just a logo it's it's a real family it's a real company i think it's really cool and uh to all the listeners out there i hope you find your Lindsay. right i think we all need a Lindsay in our life uh and, and a sean you know you gotta be <laughs> two uh, halves of the whole yeah i love it um well i love to ask the kind of final wrap-up question right is obviously i just pulled up your website but uh, for anyone listening, right, if they want to hear more of your story, if they want to connect, if they want to do whatever, uh, where's the one place that you would want to send them? Okay, so I will say stayworkandplay.com is our website that you mentioned. Um, and I've heard you in previous podcasts ask like one place on the internet you'd send people. Yeah, one place. And, yeah, and so one article that takes like 15 minutes to read that is like a huge game changer for me and that I absolutely love and it's you know, it's got crude humor and cartoons and it's really funny is uh, Taming the Mammoth from Wait But Why. Okay. Um, check it out. It's all about how in our head, you know, we're basically wired for 50,000 BC. And what he says is we have a mammoth, like a dumb, stupid mammoth that's now extinct in our head where we want to fit in and we feel weird if we're doing something that's, you know, different than the other people. And it's because, you know, way back when, that was the only way you could survive is if you were part of the group. But now we're in this whole new age where that's not necessarily important, but we're still wired that way. And so he talks about the mammoth versus the authentic voice of the stuff you think is important, the thing you want to do. And it's just a real quick read, real quick listen, but it really will change your perspective and like kind of open up to where, you know what, am I doing this because I care about it or I think about it, or am I doing this because it's the way it's done or it's, you know, the way society thinks is right, or, you know, it's the way, you know, exactly. It's like, this is how it's always been. So that's just a really cool article, kind of open up your mind and it's funny. And like, there's a bunch of gold on that whole website, but outside of stay, work and play, that would be the one that would, I would check out. Cool. I'm going to give you one more because I totally forgot to bring this up in the episode. Cool. You're part of a project called Hospitable Hosts. So in you know 30 seconds or less can you explain what hospitable host is when is it coming out and anything that you think any reader or listener should know absolutely so hospitable hosts comes out on may 15th and it's a book written with 40 different short-term rental operators from around the world you have mark simpson from boosley julie george Dr. Rachel Gainsborough, like there's a bunch of like incredible people and everybody takes one chapter, 3000 words, talks about their hosting journey, why it's important to them, what makes them a quote unquote hospitable host. And it's a project I'm honored to be a part of. Cannot wait to actually read because I haven't read anybody else's chapters. Yeah. Um, but it comes out May 15th. All proceeds go to benefit two different charities in the UK for kids. Okay. So it's also a good cause, but you know, hopefully, learning from my story and from all the other 39 incredible people in there. Um, it'll help you just learn more about hospitality, learn some tips and tricks. And then also just, if you haven't started in your business, give it a go because there's so many people that will give you actionable insights on how to do it and like what freedom that business can give you. I love it. And for all the listeners, we, and when I say we, we at hospitality.fm are sponsors of the book uh, because we believe in it that much. Uh, I can't wait to see your author career take off from this one. Uh, you got to catch up to Julie George, and I know she's listening. So, Julie, watch out. You got some other author authors uh, coming for you. Just kidding. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, but, no, it's such a cool uh, experience to see because I think, you know, coming from the hotel world, we do see 
you know, the hoteliers be glorified and a lot of, you know, big media outlets from news to TV to radio to, um, you know, online articles and, and publishing companies to books and so on and so forth, podcasts to, to be an example as well. Um, but the, the Airbnb hosts or the, the short-term rental hosts, we won't call it Airbnb because it's not just Airbnb. You are a host of uh, more than just a platform. But, right. um, you know, it's really cool to see this come together where you get to hear the unique, especially very unique voices. No vacation rental manager is, is the same. No vacation rental management company is the same. So it's really cool to see all these voices come together in one book. And I'm excited to read it. I'm excited for the launch and honored to be associated with you and all the amazing authors inside. Um, so thank you so much for putting that together and we're excited. Um, but yeah, Sean, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really, truly appreciate your time and your story. Um, for all the listeners out there, make sure you like, subscribe, follow everything, swap. So that way you can stay up to date. I'll make sure everything is in the show notes and we will see you all again next week. Sean, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. As I've been growing my business and finding new ways to add to my property portfolio, I have to think about how I can anticipate the homeowner's needs, just like I do for my guests. One of the things owners always ask is, how is my property going to be protected? What happens if something gets damaged or worse? These are valid questions and concerns, and I have an opportunity to address these concerns before they even get mentioned, all thanks to having Safely as part of my toolkit. I can ensure all stakeholders are covered during a guest stay and use this information as a way to grow my business by ensuring my property owners know they can trust that I have them covered. If you're a professional property manager, then you need to get safely in your tool belt so you can focus on operating and growing your business. Thanks for listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, back to an episode.